Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. It is August 5th. God, it's August 5th already? Crazy. Damn. Listen to you, boy, number 178. Leave a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, especially if you're watching on youtube.com slash Fightful, but we are on podcast platforms everywhere. You can go to... The, here's the easy thing to do. Just go to FightfulPods.com or Fightful.com. You can download the MP3. You can stream the audio. You can do whatever the hell you want. But if you're watching live on YouTube, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, comment, and donate a super chat. You'll get your question or statement read on the air. We've already got a couple of them. But Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I want to uh, uh, start off quickly by thanking everyone who has supported me so far with my charity initiative, Grappling with Grief. We were able to get the custom URL on YouTube. Uh, and so right now we are on three social platforms. I gave Sean a nice little graphic to put up so that he could show everybody. We're on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook right now using the same handle for all three, at GrapGrief, G-R-A-P-G-R-I-E-F. So uh, please follow us, subscribe to us. I've got more content coming uh, this week. I'm doing a couple of more interviews. Uh, I basically feel like I'm working two jobs right now, Sean, between running my company and, and launching this charity. But uh, – no, it's going good so far. I'm happy so far. It's only been a week, and uh, the response has been pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very happy that you're doing this. You've talked about doing this for, for a while. Like I've known about this for, for quite a bit, and really happy to see it unfold. You mentioned your interview with Anshel, who good friend of mine and, and my wife's now. Uh, really enjoyed that because, I mean, man, the outlook that that woman has after the type of stuff that she's been through is unbelievable and, quite honestly, helped me a lot. So... Uh, very excited about that. I want to thank the the people at Quizzlemania for putting that up too. They were very nice and they they put it up on the show uh, last week. So thank you to all of you who came from over there. But we have another custom URL, Jimmy. We got more custom URL talk. If you all are followers of Fightful MMA, we had the YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA boxing handle. That is now just Fightful MMA. There will still be some boxing coverage there. But uh, we, we moved on to Shaquille Missouri as our lead MMA editor. 
So make sure you guys check out all the content that he's going to be bringing soon. He's got some very ambitious plans. He's got hundreds and hundreds of contacts that, that he's just put together. So youtube.com slash FightfulMMA. Check it out. And don't forget, get those damn super chats in. Here we go. Pass it to DJ says the video of SRS and Denise training for Quizzlemania was pretty great. Hashtag FTF. Hashtag Dong Lord. Jimmy, how does it make you feel knowing that I can get anything over? Not anything. Almost anything. <laughs> Besides Sean the stupid people a, segment, which will yeah, not Sean, die. Sean put in a request for a t-shirt, and I <laughs> nixed it immediately. I think they're doing but, it. Uh, I think they're doing uh, it now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. They can. Uh, Anakin JMT says, Sean training Denise is the best video on the internet. Shut it down. Nothing will ever be better. Except for Fightful destroying at Quizzlemania. Well, I mean, what, what can I say? Jimmy hired really well. He hired the smartest guy in wrestling media to run his website, and I prove that every single time I do that. Uh, Singer Vampire sends a super chat, and it is a meme of a fox drawing a picture that says number one. So thank you for that. I very much appreciate that. As well as the GBP conversion rate, we always appreciate that. Uh, but we we got some wrestling stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, I, I told Sean off the air that I, I smell some Vince McMahon shenanigans afoot, Sean Rossap, and we're going to get to it. Uh, I want to start by talking about WWE's Q2 earnings from last week. I'm not going to go into details because everything's up on Fightful. You can see all the numbers there. The main thing that I wanted to know based on the call was have rights fees in the U.S. been reduced or withheld? And it looks like the answer is no, uh, because once again, they reported uh, record year-to-date revenue, increases in operating income. Everything was pretty solid. Revenue was down uh, for the quarter because they didn't get the Saudi show in, but uh, mm-hmm. otherwise the numbers were really good. But the main thing that came out of the call for me, my biggest takeaway from this earnings call, and you uh, highlighted this on the post raw podcast, and good for you, Sean, that you that you you caught this. Shareholders are smartening up. Sean oh yeah, Rossap. The, it, they are smartening up. The only thing they were asking about was viewership. That's yes. it, and creative both. Yes, and, viewership and, this, and creative. Yes, and I was I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw that because I've talked about this before. The people that call in questions, these are not wrestling fans. These are corporate financial shareholders. These are people that work for companies like J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley. These are the people that call in. And so normally they ask bullshit about you know uh, normalizations and international rights and all this crap. Not this time. This time, Vince McMahon got grilled. They asked yeah. him about year-over-year ratings declines. They asked him why AEW and NXT have bounced back ratings-wise better than Raw and SmackDown. They asked him if firing Paul Heyman meant that they're abandoning their youth, youth movement. They asked if Triple H could get more involved with the main roster creatively. They hammered him. And and I love seeing it. And I got to tell you something. That was a nightmare for Vince McMahon because how many earnings halls have we talked about where all they do is spew the same bullshit? Whenever they're asked questions, bullshit, 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 and now uh, shareholders are clearly smartening up and they're catching on. And uh, that's going to spell big trouble for Mr. Man if they don't get their shit together. Yeah, I completely agree. If if WWE had the star-making potential or star-making desire like they did in 98 to 2000 where 
You had Triple H, Mick Foley, The Rock, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle all get coronated, so to speak. Big Show, even, to a degree. I, when we're sitting here talking about Big Show as, like, eighth banana, that, that should tell you how good they were. Because here's the thing, Big Show's still, like, eighth banana, but it's 21 years later. Their stock would be sitting at 130, 140. Easy. That's, that's a modest estimate of what, where they'd be, even in the middle of a pandemic, if they had the star-making ability that they did back then. Um, well, there were two main excuses that Vince McMahon used uh, to try to explain these questions. The first one was no live fan interaction. You know, and, and he said the same thing on the Q1 call. Due to COVID, we're in the PC, empty buildings, no life in interaction, and, and they're such a big part of the show. That was his first excuse. His second excuse, again, was we need more compelling characters and we need more compelling storylines. Okay? I'm going to go through all the quarterlies. I'm going to go through oh, all those you? calls, and I'm going to find every single excuse over the last so, several years. The, the new star and storyline one, he's been saying at least since the Q4 2018 call, at least. And the Q4 2018 call uh, happened in February of 2019. That means that for at least a year and a half, he has consistently talked about how they need better storylines and, and new stars in order to kind of get over the hump. So I guess that means that we're to believe that they need 18 months plus to create new stars. In reality, they need 15 plus years. Because they have not created a proven box office attraction since John Cena. And the numbers speak for themselves. And I know some people are going to say, well, what do you mean? They got Roman Reigns and they got Becky Lynch. And if you look at the numbers, if you look at ticket sales, if you look at everything, no one has come close to John Cena. And John Cena, with all due respect to him, was nowhere close to Steve Austin or The Rock. But I understood that they were different times. Yes. But still, no one in 15 years has been made at the level of a John Cena. But uh, in terms of the live, the, the live interaction, I want to ask you about this. So this past Monday, Raw did 1.716 million viewers on USA, all right? The last show that they did prior to going to the PC, so prior to going up to your arena, was on March 9, 2020. That show did 2.163 million viewers. So it's a drop of about 450,000 viewers or about a 20% drop in yes. viewership in four months, Okay. Are we to believe that once fans are allowed back into the arena, 20% of their viewership is going to just immediately return? No. I think – well, I think short-term there's a possibility because short-term they're going to have the curiosity factor, right? But when you look at the state of creative and and the inability to create new stars, are those people going to stick around? I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of fathom that once they have fans back, they're going to immediately suddenly be back to 2.1 million just like that on a consistent weekly basis, given the, the the content of the show right now. It's hard for me to think that's going to happen. Evan Wright with a nice super chat. He says, I don't appreciate your tone, lady, pal. You remember that? Vaguely. That, was that the one on heart past? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that – I think there will be a curiosity factor. Who gets what reactions? And that will be fascinating to see – who gets what reactions upon that return? But oh man, I, Rob Wilkins has a nice super chat. He says, "JV, this may be a tough question, but if you were in Vince's shoes, what are two things you would do to try to get ratings up?" And SRS camera cuts in WWE is that a done thing? 
Well, yes, it is a done thing, and a lot of people in the company hate it, and we'll talk more about it later. But yes, it is a done thing. But what what are a couple things that you would try to do in that regard? The problem is I'm not Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Vince McMahon, unfortunately, and we've talked about this for a while, he's a 75-year-old man trying to create content targeting an 18 to 49-year-old audience. He does not know what they want. He does not understand that audience. He's been out of touch with that audience for probably 15 to 20 years. And so to answer your question, now as Vince McMahon, I wouldn't do anything because I'd, I'd be Vince McMahon. If I could be myself, the first thing that I would do is I would stick with, with what Paul Heyman was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would stick with a youth movement. I would try to protect certain guys. You've talked about it before. People want to cheer a winner. They want to root for a winner. When you're doing 50-50 all the time, and Aleister Black is an example you've mentioned, where they had him lose you know, with no drama, no nothing after he'd gone on this massive no run. Mention. They, no, no mention. No mention right, that he had been right. on a hot streak. Right. And this has been long the problem with them. So I would – I'd go with the youth movement and I would protect certain people because that's how you get them over. And then quite frankly, I would get Hunter more involved. I would. Mm-hmm. He's got his finger on the pulse of the business. Vince McMahon doesn't. He doesn't. And that's just how it is. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean we're, we're – you know, we're, we, we've been talking about this forever. It's nothing new. But uh, until he's gone, until Vince McMahon decides to pass the torch, nothing's going to change. It's not. And, and – Go ahead, sorry. The third part of Rob Wilkins' uh, super chat kind of focuses in on the new pushes. He says, what are your thoughts on Big E's push? I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment till it happens. I thought that he fed too much on Friday. I did too. Um, I also still believe – the problem is I don't have a lot of faith in Vince, and so I mm-hmm. think he's going to lose interest. So it's like this week, okay, we're taping the show this week, and this week I'm interested in Big E. But then by the time I tape the new one, I'm not so interested anymore. That's kind of Vince McMahon. It, and it's, so it, it, it's so weird to me that he looks at a guy like Big E and he says, okay, people love him, so you know what they'll like if he sells 85% of this match. No, people want to watch him go run over people, hit the YOLO dive, big ending, and win the match. Destroy some people. Be a big badass dude. No, why am I supposed to believe? Oh, he's so Vince is so bad, and maybe Bruce too. I don't know what Bruce Bruce's hand is in this, but I know that he's overseeing Raw and SmackDown, so he got the promotion. You get the promotion, you get the money, you get some of the blame too. That's just the, the way it goes. It's bad. Look at Damian Priest. They tried to get him over for months, and it didn't work. Then what did work? Him having a badass match where this big dude did a bunch of cool stuff to Finn Balor. Immediately after that, they're like, wow, you know what? We're going to make him a babyface because he got over. Oh, well, babyface to WWE is you're going to get your tires slashed and you're going to get beat up by a guy half your size. It's so weird to me. I mean, to me, again, the writing was on the wall for me with the way they look at Big E at the Rumble. And I talked yeah. about this before. When Brock Lesnar's in the ring and the, the rest of New Day are at ringside because he's been kicking their asses and Big E's number comes up and he runs out. And I was so excited because now we're going get, to get to see Brock and Big E go one-on-one. And what do they have Big, do, Big E do? They have him go in and corral his buddies so they can go in on a one, one-on-three handicap. That kind of showed me what they thought of Big E. And so I don't think they're going to push him to the moon. I don't. They're, they're going to give him a chance. Vince is going to lose interest, and then they're going to go back to doing what they always do. But the one thing I want to say, though, what we saw on Raw this week to me is the catalyst for that earnings call. 
I really think that that earnings call was probably oh, yeah. hell on earth for Vince McMahon. Yeah, I do. Too. I think I think I think he was probably surprised that these corporate financial shareholders were asking him about AEW and Paul Heyman. I don't think he expected that. And when you look at what they did on Monday, they brought Shane McMahon back. They introduced the new concept, Raw Underground. They brought a new character, Daba Kato, uh, or or uh, Baba Tunde from NXT. Yeah. They uh, produced a new Antifa-like faction called Retribution. Oh, they reunited the Riot Squad. They suspended Nia Jackson definitely. Montez Ford got poisoned. They did all of that in one episode of Raw uh, because I think that this man feels heat now. And, and I'm sure people could always think before, oh, he's felt heat. USA is probably on him. Fox is always on him. I think when the shareholders are grilling you on your earnings call, these are the people that you're accustomed to them asking bullshit. Yes. And now they've been grilling you on the earnings call. I think that lit a fire under them. And uh, I've heard and USA so... is grilling him on a couple things, which uh, I can I can specify on off the air. And I'm working to wrap it up. It will be on FightfulSelect.com as soon as I get that information, guys. Uh, quick plug, plug, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I'm breaking news there every single day. We've got seven podcasts a week. One of those this week, I won't be doing my Q&A because Jimmy's doing his Q&A on Friday. Oh, it's on Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. it's on Friday. So if you uh, if you guys tune in and say, where's the Q&A? It's going to be on Friday. Check that out. We've got some super chats. Anakin JMT says, WWE doesn't mention Aleister Black's undefeated streak. Meanwhile, MJF cuts a great promo highlighting he's undefeated and challenging Moxley to a title match. WWE wonders why I don't care. Uh, Anakin appeared on Throwback Show yesterday. Check that out, guys. But, yeah, that's the thing. AEW has shown that records matter. And before any of you dorks come at me, but, but this person has won seven matches of dark and they are not ranked. <laughs> Where's the glasses? Where's the glasses? Right here. Uh, they don't actually matter that much because uh, this person is 7-0 and, and MJF is... Is six and zero, and he's getting the title shot. Why are they getting a title shot? It matters more. That's the point. It matters more. Jimmy, how many times, unfortunately, have we seen UFC fighters get wins off or title fights off of losses? It sucks. I hate it. But AEW shows us that wins and losses more or matter more. A loss says, "Love watching you, SRS. So glad that I found you and your channel. I truly admire you." Hashtag FTF. Very Thank polite. Yes, very. Uh, <laughs> Pass it to DJ has an interesting question. I haven't mentioned this because of the speak out movement, but are, well, he meant to say dong lord, but put don't lord shirts still being made. I'm not wanting to take away from the movement, but still wanting one. Uh, yeah, we have the design ready, but we did think it was best to wait a couple months before we do that, but uh, we'll probably put one of those out sometime soon. Uh, Ali Bazi says, hashtag pray for Be Beirut. Yes, uh, that's horrible. That's horrible. It was so – whoever is responsible, unbelievable. I don't want to go on a big tangent about this, but I just want to say, do you remember the Oklahoma City bombing? bombing? Yeah, of course. They used two tons of ammonium nitrate to do the Oklahoma City bombing, right? Yeah. Two tons, Sean. You know how much of that stuff was in Beirut? How much? 2,700 tons. Oh, no. God the hell is that unreal man? unreal apparently it, was, apparently it was there for six years sitting Jesus. in a warehouse um that that was just an accident waiting to happen uh andrew monaghan says the scapegoats lack of self-accountability and 10 years of band-aids on self-inflicted creative wounds and the lack of actual ceiling of success 
I take this all the way back to Cena and how they booked him, quite frankly. Because they, they found the one guy and they found Batista and they're like, that's what we need. That's all we need. Shove, 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 shove. They didn't, they did not listen to people. They mm-hmm. did not listen to people. As big as John Cena is right now, he could be way bigger. And he could be one of bigger. seven guys. Yes. Hot. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, DJ Cass says, should Riot Squad beat the Golden Role Models? I think if they get over and if people take to them well, which is easier said than done right now, then sure. But right now, I'm okay with them not splitting Bailey and Sasha because well, what, they're the best thing on TV. What do you so think? The hot Jimmy? hand, like I said. Yeah, you got to stick with them. Yeah. We have some raw underground talk. Do you want to go ahead and get into that? Because we have some super uh... chats. I was going to talk XFL first, but uh, all right, we go ahead. We can talk underground. But let me say this before we get to underground because it's related. So I see two problems with the direction right now, uh-huh. uh, and, and, and it's Vincent Mann's MO going back years. Number one, he's hot-shotting, and, and this is what he does. He's got heat because of the ratings because this, this week they risk having the, the historic record low yeah. if they hadn't done something. So he's got the heat from that. He's got the shareholders on his ass. And so what does he do? He hot shots to pop a rating in one week. That's what he does. He doesn't yes. think long term. He thinks I got to pop the rating this week. Uh, and so that's what he's doing, throwing all this shit at the wall and seeing what's going to stick. The other problem is, and this is no knock on Shelton Benjamin or MVP or Bobby Lashley or Randy Orton because I think that they're doing great with, with what they're being given. But Shelton Benjamin is 45. MVP is going to be 47 in October. Bobby Lashley is 44. Randy Orton's 40. Mm. And these are four of the guys that are, that are predominantly featured on Raw right now. None of them might be there in five years. None of them. True. And, and so I look at it like they got to be smart. I'm not saying don't use them because, again, they're doing well with what they have. But Paul Heyman was trying to utilize young guys for a reason. He was trying to slowly build with young guys for a reason. you got to use both. And, you know? and the funny thing is MVP, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, they should all be looked upon like in, in a light in which Randy Orton is right now. But the last 15 years of bad booking – prevented them from getting there. Shelton, yeah, Shelton did, especially, yes. Oh, Shelton, and, and there were a lot of people, well, he, he can't talk. Fuck you, man. There's there's so many people that got managers. Every single time Shelton Benjamin was in there with The Undertaker, with Jericho, with Christian, with Michaels, with Triple H, it was a match that you had to see. And that's not something WWE had a lot of in that era. They didn't have yeah. the greatest in-ring. Bobby Lashley was a guy who was a part of one of the biggest drawing WrestleManias ever. MVP, I, I think they did about what they were going to do with him. but uh, Him and Hardy were awesome. I thought their, their oh, program was, was great. Like when you put that side-by-side with the Street Profits, Viking Raiders drivel, it's, yes. it's, you can't... You can't even touch it. It's unbelievable. And that's that's WWE. But they did institute Raw Underground. Now, I posted a tweet, Jimmy. First off, you, I want to say this. Yes, John? I did. I liked Raw Underground, by and large. And, I mean, the thing is, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like it. I just like that style. That's literally how I was trained. No ropes, MMA style, catch-as-catch-can wrestling. So I'm going to be a little, more, a little bit more partial to that than a lot of people who don't like that. But um, there were definitely things that I didn't like about it. But I had posted a tweet that said, 
that, that referred to Vince McMahon, the McMahon family coming out and removing GMs and all that stuff and automatic rematches and how they said they're going to start listening to the fans. And immediately what they do? They brought in EC3. Well, what happened with him? Well, they didn't use him. Ricochet. What happened with him? They've barely used him. Nikki Cross. Literally, the way that she got used was a story about her not being used. Lars Sullivan. Well, unfortunately, we saw what happened there. Lacey Evans walked to the ring for three months and immediately got into a title program. That didn't work. Okay, that was their first big band-aid. Then they're like, well, you know what? We're going to turn the lights out during hour three of Raw. Well, that lasted about two weeks. Then they're like, wild card rule. Okay, how well did that work? It didn't. Superstar shakeup. Well, that's what the wild card rule came from because they screwed it up so bad they they just decided to undo everything. Well, then they were like, well, you no, no commercials during matches, so we're going to restart matches and two out of three falls matches and all this horse shit that they did. Then they were like, well, now we're going to do a draft and... <laughs> <laughs> immediately after the draft, they bastardized the brand split. We're going to do an invasion. Okay, cool. Then this year, <laughs> they obviously had the Performance Center stuff and the cinematic matches. Cinematic matches, fine, sure. Then they did the brand-to-brand invitation. Lasted all of two weeks. It's Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid. I'll say this. I think this is one of the better Band-Aids. But it's always a Band-Aid. It's never just make a better show. No, they always think of today. And and Vince McMahon's MO, and I keep on using this, but he used to be known as the guy that planned a year ahead. They used to talk about that. Vince McMahon would know what his WrestleMania main event was going to be, and then he would work backwards. And that's what they always said. Sorry to interrupt. I wish I remember who posted the tweet, but (laughs) somebody had posted a tweet that's like, Bruce, Jerry, Pat, Pat, and Vince smoking meth by the pool. Because that was the old joke, is that they would book like a year's worth of stuff by the pool, by Vince's They did, pool. they did. Now, now, granted, <laughs> back then it was a lot easier. Back then, everything was yes. taped uh, weeks ahead, if not months ahead. Everything was in syndication. They didn't have to produce five live hours a week the way they do now, plus pay-per-views. So it's a lot more grueling now to put the show together. Yeah. But nothing is thought of. I mean, how many times have you reported that the day of a taping they were rewriting the show? Yeah. Nothing yep. is planned ahead, and this is the problem. And so in terms of Raw Underground, uh, I like the fact that they look to be using it to get guys over because that should be the point. So I don't know if Daba Kato is going to work out. I, I thought his first performance was not great. I but love least, the belly-to-belly suplex. The head okay, I mean, he has that. He's got a great look to him. Yeah, he does. But uh, but at least they're giving it a shot. Eric of the Viking Raiders, I thought, did a better job in that environment. Uh, and so we'll see where that goes. If they're going to use it to try to get guys over, somebody posted on Twitter, they should have the Hurt Business turn uh, Raw Underground into an organized crime racket. <laughs> I like that idea. Have MVP be like the mob boss, and they're betting on fights and stuff like that. that sure. That could be cool. But the problem, again, is, like you said, Vince is going to lose interest probably by the next taping. Uh, and then maybe they're going to have uh, Retribution come out and just about, you know, destroy the whole Ugh, thing. And then yeah. that's the end of it. I mean, we'll see. God, we'll see. Retribution. Jesus Christ. So, Throwback 27. Uh, check out his show every Tuesday, guys. He says, what's good, guys? Is Raw Underground an idea to make Raw better? Or does this guy uh, go by the wayside like other ideas WWE has used? If it works, how does WWE capitalize on this working out? I think while there aren't live crowds, 
they could and should use it because there were several things that I liked about it. Um, one, you got a guy like Dolph Ziggler who can rehabilitate himself a little bit, showing a side in which a lot of people don't get to see. Also, no entrance music, no exit music. That's really quick. You cut out there, Shane McMahon's there, one and a half minute, Dolph dumps somebody on their head, there you go. Eric at the Viking Raiders destroys a guy, there you go. You debuted a new wrestler, that was three or four minutes. Sure, and that was the intro segment. So, I think that's a good way to utilize it. Evan Wright says, saw a Twitter post saying there were 79 camera cuts in those Raw Underground segments total. Why should I care about the main roster shows? Anytime they do something good, they fumble by the fall. So this is a recurring theme, and I talk to wrestlers about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I've had WWE wrestlers say to me, I don't know why I've got to work stiff if it doesn't catch it at all. Like, they will straight up be told, work a little more snug, we're, we're here in HD. Work a little more snug because uh, we don't have crowds. Right. They They are told this stuff. And then poor MVP is throwing those elbows, and every time one connects, camera cut, camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. Somebody posted the Moxley-Suzuki thing. I saw that. Whether or not it's your spot, who cares? Two Mm -hmm. camera cuts in one minute. It's it's not difficult. Like, let it digest. I almost felt like I was having a seizure watching yeah. it. it. It was almost unwatchable. I think it was – somebody said it was 79 cuts in two minutes oh, because man. all of the fights were so short, 40 seconds, 50 seconds, whatever. Put them all together. It was like 79 cuts in two minutes. It made it very difficult to watch. And I, you know what I keep thinking about? Do you remember when somebody posted a video clip, somebody that was live at a taping when crowds were still allowed, and they posted a clip? Yeah, well, the guy was doing this. Yeah. The guy with the camera was doing this, and I can't recall if the wrestler was hitting somebody with a chair it or was. what he was doing. Okay, but every every chair shot, the camera guy was doing this, and I watched that thinking, that's the direction he was given. Kevin Dunn yep. told him to do that. Yep. You know what I mean? It's really bad, and I, I don't understand. The only thing I can think of is Kevin Dunn is uh, is past his, his prime, too, just yes, as this man is in his position. That's What else can you really say about they, it? They need a revolution in production and in – in creative uh nick zodic says did anybody try to catch the or catch the big man trying not to smirk when shane announced he weighed over 800 pounds saw that (laughs) and anakin says hurt business managing underground is enough to keep me interested i think it should be a thing that like inevitably see because you're doing the the friggin stable now too but it should be something that threatens the ability of raw and then it's like okay these bastards are running everything. Like, who could possibly keep this from happening? And Brock shows up. Because, quite honestly, I want I want to see Brock and Lashley in that or a fight pit. Oh, and yeah, sure. Yeah. One, one or the other, because that is, whoo boy. I just want to see the spectacle of that, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, and again, they could have the Hurt Business basically, you know, put fights together, approaching wrestlers and saying, MVP saying, I'll give you X amount of dollars to fight in our world kind of thing. And then, like you said, you get Brock and Brock can go. I, I saw somebody on Twitter say, oh, he's in Canada. And you pointed out he did WrestleMania. Also, 
Warren's flying into the country this week. Oh, if is he really? Warren Hayes can get into the country, <laughs> Brock Lesnar can get into the country. No, no disrespect to Warren, but I think Brock's got a little more pull. Yes, they can absolutely get him in. It's going to come down to does Brock want to do it or not? Yes. You know? So I agree. I mean, they could definitely have Brock maybe go, you know, he's, he's, he's back in the raw environment and then Lashley wants to bring him into his world. I think it'd be interesting. And throwback 27, make sure you guys check out his show on Tuesdays. He says, as someone that has a seizure disorder, I can say uh, things about the camera work. If I didn't take my meds, I really feel like those cuts would have put me into my first seizure since 2002. It's, it's, that is gotta be a concern too. Oh, it was really bad. It was really bad. It's gotta be a concern. It's gotta yeah. be a concern. Uh, Rob Wilkins mentions give Ricochet a manager. He can- say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Could be a huge star. Yeah. Why, why is Malcolm Bivens sitting on the sidelines in NXT? Because one of those donks went and posted a picture of Keith Lee celebrating. He I shouldn't got be, that on my list today, Sean. He shouldn't be punished as a result of that. He should be up managing Cedric and Ricochet. Absurd. Yeah, but but I mean, you got other stuff you want to talk about. Let's go. Yeah, well, I want to talk about the XFL uh, acquisition because I smell shenanigans. I am going to play conspiracy theorist, Sean oh, Rossap. Oh, boy. I don't have proof for what I'm going to say. Vincent Mann gonna... used 5G to make The Rock buy the XFL. He's using 5G. the 5G towers. Yeah, yeah. And next, the the water coolers there are going to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I smell shenanigans on this, and uh, so so let's get to it. So it was on Monday, August third. Uh, the news broke that Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, who of course is his manager and his ex-wife, mother of Simone, uh, and uh, Redbird Capital Partners, which is a private equity firm, they have gotten together to purchase the assets of the XFL from Alpha Entertainment for fifteen million dollars. Plus, they're going to earmark up to $8.5 million to pay, and I'm going to read the exact quote, certain specified liabilities was what they said in the press release, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Uh, and so in all, it would be, what, $23.5 million, but uh, they didn't say they got to pay the eight five. They said up to or something like that. Now, this happened hours before the assets were due to go up for auction and bankruptcy. Yeah. And from what I understand, uh, there were several NDAs signed by several interested parties. So the way it works when, when assets are available for sale, if you're interested, you got to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Then they kind of let you peek under the hood a little bit. And if you're still interested, then you kind of put in a bid, you sign a letter of intent, whatever. So apparently there were several NDAs signed, but there was only one group that went past that, and that was the Rocks group. Uh, and so they swooped in and bought it. 
the unsecured creditors are trying to block the sale. They filed a motion, and they are accusing Vince McMahon of not negotiating good, a good enough price. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying that there's basically shenanigans because they did not let it go to auction because they feel if it had to gone to auction, they might have gotten a higher price. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that because if it had to gone to auction, the assets would have ended up probably split up. So like one person might have bought the IP and maybe somebody would have bought the cameras and somebody – you know what I mean? And I don't know if they necessarily would have gotten that much money, but that's their, their accusation. Uh, here's where things to me are a little – little bit iffier. I don't even know if that's the right word. Greasy, Sean. So first and foremost, when you buy the assets of a company, you have no obligations to the creditors at all. Mm -hmm. That's how it works in an asset sale. That means that the Rocks Group, they bought the assets, they did not buy the debts, and they do not owe those creditors outside of the up to $8.5 million that they're promising for, what's the quote again? Certain specified liabilities. Yes. So that's the first thing. Um. Who is the number one secure creditor that uh, is owed money by the XFL, Sean Rossap? I don't know. Who is it? I wonder if it's Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And the, and the way that these things work, so the bankruptcy trustee gets the money. They got to pay the legal fees. They got to pay uh, you know, court costs. They got to pay all of that. Whatever's left gets divvied up to the creditors. Mm -hmm. You start with the secured creditors. So you start with the bank and you start with whoever else has security on the debt. And then after that, it kind of trickles down. What that means is Vince McMahon being at the top of that chain is probably going to get a payout first. Yeah. And, and the unsecured creditors, you know, like there was football coaches and I think there was like freelance camera people Oliver and whatever. Luck. Yeah. No, Oliver Luck is separate. Oliver oh, Luck is, is, is – Yeah, because he's suing Vince McMahon saying he's oh, got a guaranteed contract. Yeah, you're right. That's separate. But all of those people, I think the biggest one, one of the coaches is owed $2 million and uh, uh, some St. Louis somebody is owed like one and a half or something. They're probably going to get pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. uh, that $8.5 million going to certain specified liability, Sean, weeks before this went up for bankruptcy, Vincent Mann loaned the XFL $9 million. <sighs> and he did it as a secure creditor. That means – I have no proof. Nothing's been said. I bet you a lot of that 8.5 mil is going to go to Vince McMahon, if yeah. I were to guess. Now, let's go to the next interesting thing. The Rock's involvement in this thing. You got to remember, $15 million is just a drop in the bucket. Vince McMahon had committed, initially, up to $500 million over three years to yes. run the league. It's a shit ton of money to run a league. The Rock's got money. He doesn't have that kind of cash no, sitting around. No, and doesn't. so the question is, why would The Rock want to do this deal, Sean? Why would he want to do it? He loves to lose money. It's the only <laughs> thing he's never done in his life is lose money. And he said, you know what? I got to do it. Huh. Well, there are three reasons why The Rock wants to do this. Reason number one, he loves football. Yeah. Genuine interest. He's got a background in it. He also has a history with the XFL. Because the first time they were around, he was still a WWE employee. They had him promoting the league. I think he was even on the field for a game. Yes. So he's got a history with the XFL, and he sure as hell has, has a history with Vince McMahon. So the love of it is number one. Number two, his involvement, I think, is going to get them a TV deal. Uh, and I think it'll maybe get them a guaranteed deal. Vince McMahon's television deal covered production, but that was about it. I think The Rock would be able to get a better deal. Because not only are networks right now clamoring for content, it looks like uh, college football is not going to happen either. Yeah. So sure. not only are the networks clamoring for content, but can you imagine these networks thinking, we have an opportunity. If we cut a deal with him for the XFL, maybe we can do other projects with Dwayne Johnson. 
And when you look at HBO, there was Ballers and NBC got Titan Games. These networks, I think, would, would love an opportunity to work with Dwayne Johnson. Of course. So number two is I think he knows he can get a TV deal. Here's the third reason, Sean Rossap, and this is where things get super interesting, okay? And I can't believe no one else has reported this because I haven't seen it reported anywhere. One, week, You have a wrestling website. Well, I didn't see this reported. <laughs> I, I did some research. I didn't. I did some research. One week before they announced his acquisition, so that would have been last week, CNBC reported that Redbird Capital announced plans to take a new sports company public. Ooh. Okay? The new company is called Red Ball Acquisition. They want to raise how much, Sean? How much did Vincent Mann earmark for three years to run the league? Like hundreds of millions, right? 500 million, yeah. right? Red Ball Acquisition wants to raise 500 million in order to fund this new entity. The plan is to do it by offering 50 million shares at a price point of $10 each. Uh, and they have not said that this outfit is for the XFL acquisition or for the XFL yes. deal. Given the timing and given the fact that they said straight up that they're doing this thing uh, sports-related to fund an acquisition and to fund the, the operations of a, of a sports-related company, I think there's, that's more than convenient. And so I think that there's probably something to that. Uh, what this means is, number one, The Rock's not going to have to fund nine figures worth of, of money to run this thing because this public company will do it. Yes. That means that they're probably going to utilize The Rock for his Hollywood clout, but then Redbird's going to be the funder. And that's probably <laughs> it was how Red this deal's going to come together. Uh, I'm sorry, Redball. Yeah. Redball is the – yeah, Redbird is the, is the private equity. That's Red, number is one. it you know, Redbird or Redball? Redbird is the private equity company, but the new company they created that they want to go public – to fund it is called Red Ball Acquisition. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's two different things. And here's the other little wrinkle. What if, what if this man decided to be a major investor in this new public entity called Red Ball Acquisition? What if he decided, I'm going to buy 20 million shares of this new thing? Suddenly, he will be an owner of the XFL, Sean Rossap. Yeah. It all kind of... All kind of makes sense. It sounds to me. You on just the hit surface, me with a Southland Tales, and I know you haven't seen that movie, so I've he I've heard it, but, but I haven't seen it. Weird. No. Well, it sounds it to me sense. like uh, The Rock might have done a little favor for his old buddy oh, Vince, yeah. and Vince might have done a little favor for his old buddy The Rock. On the one side, you got a discounted price for the league. On the other side, here's your debt repaid. And uh, if you want to invest in the XFL, if you want to be a minority owner. We got this thing called Red Ball Acquisition. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It sounds to me, and again, they have not said that Red Ball is for the XFL. They haven't said that. Sure. But given the timing and given that they're looking to raise $500 million, I don't know, bud. And you, and you know what? I'm with you. And if, if you guys want to do a favor for your little old buddy, if you don't want to acquire Red Ball, Blue Balls, anything like that, Fortunately, you don't have to make much of an investment at all because BlueChew.com is free with that code FIGHTFUL. Free! BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work on your schedule. Maybe you've got a bit of an asset sale coming up. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. Maybe you owe a little something to somebody, and you're going full porn mode to pay them back. Well, you better 
stock up on Blue Chew to pay that debt. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster, and it's ready whenever you are. Full stomach, empty stomach, who gives a shit? BlueChew.com, code (laughs) FIGHTFUL. It's prescribed online. It's shipped straight to your door. Blue Chew works with affiliated physicians to find you the right active ingredient. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to deal with old Greta at the pharmacy. Aren't these your erection pills? Yeah, they are, Greta. Why? You trying to find out something? Then piss off, Greta. Ship straight to your door in a discreet package. Use that code Fightful, get your first shipment free, and hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Good job, Sean Ross. One more thing we'll go into here before stupid people. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. As a little side note, I forgot. Super chats as well. Okay, one more thing. So that company that The Rock and Danny Garcia and Redbird Capital are creating, like the name of the entity that they created that the three of them own? Yes. They called it Alpha Aquico. I saw that. Yeah, which, you know, sounds a lot like Alpha Acquire Company. Yes, yes. Uh, Anakin JMT says, Malcolm Bivens did claim on Twitter he's 173-0 on Raw Underground. Do you remember back in the original UFC days where you'd have guys that were like, I'm 200-0, and they would be like some shitty aerobic karate instructor? Oh, and our boy Throwback27, check him out every Tuesday on his channel. He says, is WWE taking a page out of WCW? Uh, 99, WCW had a hot year with Goldberg. 2000, not so much. WWE during this time is almost doing the, the same thing by going to the hot hands just to get by. Are all these moves counterintuitive to what AEW is doing? Have a good show, guys. I do think it's counterintuitive to what AEW is doing, but I don't, WCW didn't, didn't have a great year in 99. Like, they were on their decline then and we got to remember wcw did not have a guaranteed television contract because their their network owned them exactly very different and and if wwe did not have this massive guaranteed contract that they have i don't know where they're gonna be i I think it's gonna be very interesting to see where they're at in four years and uh actually he and i just covered for for his channel spring stampede 99 and it was such a like, that card was so weird. Like, match of the night was Hooventude versus a guy named Blitzkrieg, who lasted all Never. of eight months. He was unbelievable. And you had Steiner, Benoit, Booker T, and you look at them and you're like, oh my god, they are ready-made main eventers right there. But on top of the card was Sting, Savage, Hogan, uh, Nash, Goldberg, and DDP winning his first title. They, they weren't going with the hot younger hands that weren't even that young then, Jimmy. All those guys had been in the business for a decade at that point. Booker a little bit less, but my God. Uh, Anakin JMT says, if you want to bail out your Johnson, well, Johnson's doing the bailing out there, and you'll be able to. <laughs> um, we had Anakin JMT says, can we get a show on Select of Jimmy teaching business? This is fantastic. Uh, no offense, guys. But I'm not letting Jimmy do that for five bucks a month. You're going to have to pay a lot more for Jimmy to teach you business. Um, pass it to DJ says, check out Sour Graps on Fightful Select. Good luck, SRS and Denise. Thank you so much. But you want to talk about stupid people, I guess. Well, before we go to stupid people, I guess we'll go to the topic that Sean said he wanted to talk about today. 
I was on the fence. Thanks for the natural transition for a topic that is trending on Twitter right yeah, now. Yeah, trend, just, yeah. Just because cares? things trend on Twitter doesn't mean they're necessarily the, that newsworthy. So The guy who is on a show saying Vince McMahon should listen to people, Vince McMahon should listen to what people are reacting to and what people want, and then it's like, oh, trending Twitter topic? Who cares? Given, given the nature of it? Anyway, so Marty Jannetty is trending on Twitter. Uh, and if you ever follow Marty Jannetty on Facebook, and I got no no disrespect to him because I don't know him, but I've seen enough of his posts. I know guys like him in business, guys that, you know, they're in their 40s and 50s. Uh, and with all due respect to him, I think he's probably a lonely guy. And yeah, so yeah. He, he posts a lot of stuff uh, bragging about his sexual exploits. And I know guys like that, Sean, they're like in their 40s and 50s and they're single and they tell you about all the women they've been with because that's the only thing they can do to try to get some kind of attention from, on themselves, you know? He's 60. That's what he – yeah. Is he – okay. Is he 60? Is Marie Janae 60 now? 60. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, he's trending on Twitter because somebody dug up what I think is an old Facebook post. I don't think it's a new one. I think it's an old Facebook post in which he suggested he committed murder. He says that he was 13 years old. Someone grabbed him, dragged him to the back of a bowling alley. And then here's a quote from Marty Jannetty on the Facebook post. He said, that was the very first time I made a man disappear. They never found him. They should have looked in the Chattahoochee River. And what you should note, I guess, is that he says, the first time I made a man disappear. He's suggesting that it happened more than once. Well, the thing is, the the subsequent times could have just been him. And the like nine times he got fired from WWE. Fair, uh, I was going to do a video on that in recent weeks before we made the Shaquille hire and had to train him. But David Bixenspan has mentioned um, it's beyond him making outlandish statements. And this is a tweet from David Bixenspan. He says, Marty Jannetty, we have to at least take him somewhat seriously. In 2001, when he first got online... His initial response to a request for road stories was to talk about drugging and molesting a college student on a plane, which was later corroborated. He has posted things saying, oh my gosh, I think I had sex with someone who is my daughter and later said that it wasn't. Like, at the very least, mentally disturbed. At the very worst, a possible real problem here. No question. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that he should be excused for you know any activity because he is kind of crazy, but uh, it's just hard for me to take him seriously because I don't know. But I, I agree with you saying like they should look into this. You know, even though he said he was 13, and so that'd be what 47 years ago. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, it is what it is. Let's go to stupid people. And this once again is the not just coronavirus edition, Sean. And uh, I can't wait to show you. I have a, a graphic today, a visual. Ooh. I can't wait to show it to you. Yeah, Ooh. can't wait to show it to you. So this first one was reported by NBC News on July 31. And these stories are never going to end. They're never going to end. So long as the U.S. and I don't want to just like spotlight the U.S. all the time, but they're I really do. fucking up. Get in different me states. the fuck out of here, Jimmy. <laughs> if Warren can get into the country, I can yeah. get out of it. My it's wife is amazing. about to go around all these little kids and. Uh, here's the thing she loves her students it's gonna be great but i saw a meme that said if you all don't expect children to lick their hand and chase each other saying here's the corona then you don't know kids that's the sad reality of it i mean 
what kills me is that you've got elected officials. So these are people that were elected by the public. You've got high-paying corporate types, executive types, making these really, really dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would like – there should be some authoritative body that can just oversee all these idiots and think about who am I overpaying and who's not doing their job. But this one anyway, so according to the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in uh, late July, there was an overnight summer camp in Georgia – they hosted more than 360 campers at this uh, overnight camp, along with 120 staff members. Goes without saying what happened, Sean Rossap. Yeah. yeah. 260 positive tests. Mm-hmm. 260 positive tests. Where the hell are the parents in this situation? You want your kid to be part of 360 overnight campers? What? You know what I'm saying? I'm so terrified by this. I was just told... Okay, quite frankly, when I went and got this chair two weeks ago, I had a friend that saw me on, on like, Snap Map or some location service. He's like, hey, you're in Lexington. I'm going to stop by and see you. And I was like, man, I just, just left. Sorry, next time. He sent me a message yesterday, and he said it's a good thing that we didn't see each other because me, my wife, my kid all tested positive for COVID three days later. There you go. And, like, you, you it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Yeah. Well, this next one, and I, I, I should uh, note again, I am nonpartisan. I'm Canadian. I don't care what party you're with in the U.S. I just want to make that clear. This was reported by Rolling Stone on July 29th. So a Republican congressman, his name is Louis Gohmert, and he's out of what state, Sean? Texas. Of course he is. Yes. It's got to be Texas or Florida or maybe California. He, uh, he's another anti-mask politician. And uh, this past week, he tested positive for COVID. Of course he did, because he didn't want to wear a mask anywhere. So he tested positive for COVID. He posted a video statement on his Twitter account after he tested positive. On his video statement, he actually suggested that he may have tested positive for what reason, Sean? Oh, God. I saw this. Because he wore a mask. Because he wore a mask. He suggested he tested positive because he wore a mask. And here's a quote. He said... I don't know about everybody, but when I have a mask on, I'm moving it to make it comfortable, and I can't help but wonder if that puts some germs in the mask. These uh, Same with these idiots that are like, you're going to get CO2 poisoning. Breathe it in your own. Oh, yeah. All those surgeons have just been fighting death all these years. <laughs> all in these the years. Mi- in the middle of, oh, God. Doing like 12-hour surgeries and whatnot, you know? <sighs> this last one. This is kind of a cute one. This is reported by WILX, NBC10 out of Lansing, Michigan on July 28th. So there was a bed and breakfast in St. John's, Michigan. It's called the Nordic Pineapple. The owners of the place, Mr. and Mrs. Offbecker, they bought it a couple of years ago. And as a decoration, they hung up a Norwegian flag next to an American flag to honor their yeah. heritage because they're from Norway, right? They wanted to yeah. honor their heritage. What happened next, Sean Rossap? People thought it was a Confederate flag. This is the Norwegian flag right here. That's what it looks Dummies. like. Dummies. They were bombarded. Not just one or two. They were bombarded with phone calls and emails calling them racist and calling mm. them bigots, saying that they had the Confederate flag hanging up at the front door. And so they chose, even though the place is called the Nordic Pineapple, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even though they're Norwegian, they decided, oh. you know what, it's not worth that, that the hassle, and they took the flag down. Jesus Christ. 
That's unfortunate. It's unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. I don't like the Confederate flag, but that ain't the Confederate flag. It's unbelievable. Uh-huh. Now, I should say after this, go to FIFOSelect.com. Yes. We're going to talk about uh, McAvee versus Cole. We're going to talk about that. Ooh. We're going to talk about the WWE draft. We're going to talk about Talk Shop Mania. Uh, <laughs> you already mentioned it, but we're going to talk about Indushare, even though you already mentioned yes. it. Uh, I want to talk about New Japan, and uh, I want to talk about Rusev's plan. Yeah. Since uh, he kind of accidentally talked about it on Twitter. So Rusev kind of said what he's going to do on Twitter. Or uh, not on Twitter, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, little, um, little quick, quick plugs, guys. I got an interview with Air Paris, who appeared on Talking Shop of Mania. But I hit him up like a month ago, a month and a half ago. And I was like, man, let's do an interview. Because I saw him on Twitter, and he's like, nobody wants to hear from me. And I said, I do. And if I do, somebody else does. Uh, he was AJ Styles' tag team partner in WCW. And he was on Talking Shopamania in the Boner Yard match, which I thought was hilarious. But I have that dropping. Uh, we have a Q&A with Retromania's creators dropping this week. It won't be on YouTube, but it will be on the site. And yesterday, I dropped an interview, very short notice. Chris Sabin talked to me about the pay-per-view, or the, the special event, rather, on Access Emergence, which uh, we broke the news of on FightfulSelect.com. So... Just we got so many different things. YouTube, Fightful Select, Fightful.com, plenty of content across all of them. Awesome. And I should say one other thing I want to talk about on the list goes on is the new Antifa faction oh boy. on WWE Raw. We'll talk about that on the list goes on. I want to talk about Cody and Brandy Rhodes. And I know that the pro AEW people are gonna shit all over me, but I don't care. I want to talk about it. So one of my criticisms that I've always had with AEW, and I will say that I feel like a year later now since they started TV, things look like they're kind of starting to come together better. But one criticism I had was that Tony Khan was giving active talent too much creative control. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was I thought that was a mistake, and I still think it's a mistake. Um, but like I said, I think things things have changed a little bit. When they started TV, you had the Young Bucks talking about contracts. You had Kenny Omega talking about stuff. Now, for the most part, it's just Cody Rhodes, I think. Yeah. That's uh, that's and Jericho sometimes talks about contracts, but it's mostly Cody Rhodes. One example of where I thought Tony Khan was giving active talent too much creative control was when Brandy Rhodes started the Nightmare Collective. Yeah, and we and we talked about it at the time, and I despised it not just because it was a bad act or whatever. I hated it because on the same TV show, very Stephanie McMahon esque. On the same TV show, Brandy Rhodes would play the bad guy with the Nightmare Collective. Then she'd come back out as herself and do like the good guy philanthropy thing, you know, smiling for the cameras and maybe giving somebody a check. And I hated it. And Stephanie Mann does the exact same thing. And I hate it because in the context of your show, I feel like if you're going to suspend disbelief for part of it, you should suspend disbelief for all of it. And you shouldn't go in and out of character on the same show. So I hated it. Obviously, it didn't work and they disbanded it. She went back to being Brandy Rhodes and smiling on TV again and everything. Uh, they recently started their women's tag team tournament on YouTube called the Deadly Draw, and Brandy Rhodes is one of the teams in that. She uh, they had the first one last Monday, August third, the first episode. Brandy teamed with Ali against Penelope Ford and Melanie, who's formerly from the Nightmare Collective, the one that Brandy uh, shaved her head. Yeah, I so remember. That was, that was well, you would definitely remember. Yeah. But they uh, they had the match, and Brandy's team won, and they did a post-match interview. And in the post-match backstage interview, Brandy again came off like a heel. Mm-hmm. She talked about what a big deal she is. She talked about her Instagram followers. She talked that she's got an action figure. In addition to that, there are currently rumors that Cody Rhodes is planning a slow heel turn. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a rumor that he's planning a slow heel turn and that the Rhodes family is going to end up being a heel, a heel group. I'm okay with it if they stick to that on the show. So if the, if the, if the Rhodes family, now they're heels on the show and Cody's a heel and Brandy's a heel where I'm going to have a problem with it. And I feel like they're going to do it is when they're going to have a segment where Cody's being himself as the good guy and smiling for the camera and we're doing this thing for charity and we're doing this for whatever. And here's Brandy. She's the chief brand officer. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I despise it. I despise it. And I feel like Tony Khan for a guy that, you know, has his finger on the pulse supposedly. I don't know why he would let that stuff fly. It didn't work with the Nightmare Collective. If they have them be heel and face again, it's not going to work. Uh, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to call that out. Yeah, I get it. I, I completely get it. You got to play that role on TV within kayfabe. Yeah. So I'm with you. And I think Brandy's a better in-ring worker than a lot of people will give her credit for. Uh, Allie still, I I hope it works for her is all I'll say. Um, Anakin JMT says, can we start a new underground railroad to escape to Canada? Well, what I'm going through is nowhere near as bad as that shit. Let me tell you that much right now. But uh, Air Canada works just fine for me. But, yeah, for the the tag tournament, it's like, okay, one, it's doing good numbers, so that's good. But to me, it seems blatantly like a vehicle for Allie, for Brandy and her buddy. That's what it seems like. Now, for Brandy, no question about it. Here's the thing. If it gets over, who cares? If it gets over, that's fine. And I think that Brandy probably could get over. Maybe in a way, because of that Stephanie McMahon thing, where it's like, oh, she's being given. She's being given. You can still get heat that way. And I'm okay with that. And like I said, she's better in the ring than a lot give her credit for. So I'll, I'll reserve judgment on it. I'll see how it works out. But I'm with you. I want a definitive line there on within the context of the show, at the very yes. least. Yes. And, if she, and, if she and, wants to go on AEW heels and be... Uh, brandy to to these these wonderful female fans that they have and they're creating a community for. Sure, if she wants to do interviews out of character, sure. But within the context of that show, I'm with you. I agree. Yep. Uh, and one thing, one thing that I want to talk about on the show, as opposed to list goes on, because I think it's a pretty big topic. I want to talk about SummerSlam. Mm. So Dave Meltzer reports that Vince McMahon is looking at Atlantic City, New Jersey as a potential location for SummerSlam, even though SummerSlam is less than three weeks away. Just outside, he's looking uh, at places around Florida, too. Florida, too. Okay. Now, uh, I don't know. Do you know if they're thinking outdoor or indoor? They're thinking outdoor. outdoor. They're thinking okay, outdoor. Okay, I figured. I figured. Now, in terms of New Jersey, just a few days ago, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, he reduced the indoor gathering limit to 25. The outdoor gathering limit remains the same right now. You can have up to 500 people outdoors in the state of New Jersey. The reason that I'm mentioning this is because things are changing so quickly, and this is exactly what happened in March, the first time around. Things are changing so quickly. They're seeing a surge in new cases in the state of New Jersey that I don't know why Vince would put plans into place outside of his little bubble at the Performance Center when you risk that if things continue trending upward, they're going to have to cancel it anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Get him out of his position. He's a fucking idiot. He's way too out of touch. It doesn't make any sense to me because that's what you risk if you announce Atlantic yeah. City, New Jersey, and then cases go up. Performance Center, Orlando, Florida. You know what here's, I'm saying? Here's the thing, man. Like, they are in Florida. They can find a beach somewhere, put some wrestlers on it, put their own people around the, the, the ring, and stage an outdoor show capitalize on what UFC didn't because, I mean, a lot of people, when they heard Fight Island, they thought it was going to be like Mortal Kombat on the beach. 
Well, because they had a, a cage set exactly. up there. Exactly. Yeah. So do that, sure. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to have more on Fightful Select, but whatever the plans are, they're not cluing anybody that should be in the know in the know. A lot of these people that are going to be at risk don't know, and that's unfortunate, and that's unreasonable. Uh, and, and the I thing is, that. is when Vince on the earnings call blamed the lack of life and interaction for the numbers, he really believes that. Yes. He believes it. And so he wants to do Atlantic City because he wants to get those 500 people at, at, around the ring. That's what he wants. And, 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 and look at it from a talent perspective. Are they going to want to go? Seth Rollins has a pregnant wife at home. Is he going to want to go to Atlantic City? I don't know, Shouldn't. man. You know, the whole thing makes no sense whatsoever. This is the state of WWE. That's the end of my rant, Sean. And that's the end of our show. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, but leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, share the video. Till next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.